welcome to Shutting Light Hunting Stories Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their great hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 71. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. What do you like to do for fun? Uh, you've had people ask you that question before and how to answer. I'm guessing that if you're listening to this podcast, you might say hunting is something that you like to do for fun or fishing. Um, I tell you, I, I think I'm starting to like fishing a little bit more. This past weekend, we went to Tennessee and enjoyed some time um, just with a family. We rented an Airbnb cabin. We were down there for a wedding, and right behind the cabin was this creek. And I was using my daughter's little Barbie doll fishing pole, but I went out there and I caught a little bluegill. I am not much of a fisherman, but that was fun. Uh, that's something I do for fun. Uh, beyond hunting and fishing, I thought I'd tell you a couple other just little hobbies um, of mine. I enjoy uh, playing guitar. I'm not that great at it. I play a little bit of old country music. That's what my, my grandpa plays, and he's the one that taught me. So country music, bluegrass, a little bit of Christian music. I know some, but not much. And um, enjoy doing that. Uh, one of the things kind of weird that I, <laughs> I grew up doing was square dancing. Um, it wasn't like the Texas country western kind of thing. It was, I mean, it was young kids uh, in high school and just out of high school, and we'd go and there'd be a hundred some people, and it was fast, crazy, like footloose kind of crazy stuff, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I haven't done that in years, but that's one of those things. And then the other thing that this quarantine has given me is I really do enjoy time with my family. Um, being able to spend that kind of time together. Um, today we went and got some uh, ice cream and uh, went to a little uh, frosty shop in town. And we've done some little trips and just done some fun things. Last night we took the girls for a little hike in the woods. Um, <laughs> the weeds have grown up a little bit taller since the last time we did this little hike. And so the, the weeds were as tall as what my, my kids were. So <laughs> I was trying not to lose the little one. But uh, what do you do for fun? What do you enjoy doing? If you want to leave a comment below... Um, we're not just one-dimensional, right? We don't just hunt. There's other things that you probably enjoy. So if you want to leave a comment below and just let me know some of the things that you do um, for fun, what do you spend your time doing, that'd be cool. I'd love to hear that. Uh, today, though, we do want to dive into some hunting stories, and we have some great ones. Today, I met a guy named Stephanus Schrock. Uh, Stephanus was from Wisconsin and loved hunting there. We got some stories talking about his days hunting whitetails in Wisconsin. But last year, he actually moved with a friend to Alaska. And so we get to hear about a, an awesome caribou hunt that he went on, and then he ties in uh, a, some great elk hunting stories at the end. So we get whitetail, caribou, and elk all in this one podcast and it's fantastic so buckle up here we go here's stephanus schrock all right i've got stephanus on the line stephanus how's it going man oh pretty good how about good. you oh going pretty good the weather's uh, starting to turn around here in ohio and uh, been enjoying that how about you yeah we've been having some awesome weather up here in alaska it's been sunny a lot a lot more than what it typically is yeah, so is it, obviously when people think of Alaska, um, they're usually thinking snow and it's always cold and things like that, but you guys have some warmer days too, right? Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of uh, misconceptions about Alaska. I mean, they definitely there's definitely uh, cold times. I mean, obviously the winter is brutal, but as far as like, I mean, the summers are awesome and as long as I've been up here, we've had a lot of nice sunny weather there's some rain too but i mean 
you just kind of go do your thing. Yeah. It's great. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about you. You haven't always lived in Alaska, right? You moved there in the last couple of years. Yeah, actually, uh, me and a, a friend who's also my cousin, um, moved up here last June. It was kind of his idea. He had some work opportunities up here. And so we kind of, he called me up one day and he's like, uh, Hey, do you want to go to Alaska with me? And I was kind of at a crossroads planning to do something a little different anyway. So, but no like serious plans. So it was a great time for me. So we ended up moving up here last June, uh, 2019 and it's been a great experience. <laughs> Originally from Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Cool. My whole life. But. Gotcha. So are you uh, just hunting all the time? Do you have a job? What, what do you do in Alaska? <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish I could hunt all the time. But <laughs> no, I mean, we do uh, construction type stuff pretty much. Um, there's a lot of that going on. So uh, it's pretty much what we stay busy with. It's kind of hammered down in the summer. <laughs> yeah. But try to get as much hunting and fishing, whatever we can in, you know, Absolutely. when we can. But. Out, out of curiosity, how has um, how has the coronavirus like how's that affected Alaska? Have you guys? I'm just I'm assuming that it's the same as everywhere else, but maybe you guys are so far off the grid up there that maybe it's different. What's is it been locked down or a little bit more loose? Uh, I mean, I think it's a little more loose. I actually was in Wisconsin uh, with family and stuff over the time when it kind of blew up and. I just got out of there. I managed to fly out of there and back up here in time before they really locked down. But I think it's more loose than or it has been more loose than a lot of the lower 48. Um, it's, I mean, they had like a social distancing, you know, mandates, whatever. And they might've called it like a lockdown. I don't know, but basically any essential businesses, whatever. I mean, it's kind of okay. the same thing, but I never really, I felt like it was a little bit more loose than a lot of the other states. Yeah. Some places were crazy. Even like Ohio was pretty strict, but not like New York and New Jersey. You know, those places are nuts, uh, you know, went kind of crazy yeah. on it. So, well, good, man. So kind of bring us up to speed a little bit on uh, how you got into hunting. If that's uh, something that you did in Wisconsin, kind of give us a little bit of your hunting background and then we'll, we'll dive into some of your stories too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, So, I mean, as early as I can remember, like I was probably nine. I remember being nine years old and thinking, man, I, at that time in Wisconsin, it was, you had to be 12 to get your hunter safety course and start hunting. And I was nine years old. And I, I remember thinking three years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> some reason around that time was the time where I really got hooked. And I think, uh, if you don't mind me telling a story right now. No, um, go for it, man. I think kind of what got me started was, I mean, my brothers did a lot of bow hunting around that time. I have five brothers. So a lot of my older brothers were doing bow hunting. And uh, I remember my brother just older than me, Mark, he he ended up, uh, he bought this old bow off of eBay. And, <laughs> and he was trying to kill his first deer. And, I somehow begged to go along with them. I'm not sure how he even let me, but the neighbor gave us permission to go, you know, back in there, back 40 and try to kill a doe. And so I remember I had this old baggy camo that was like 
my dad's hand-me-down stuff that I pulled out of the the uh, storage, and it smelled like mice and <laughs> <laughs> all sorts of stuff. But I remember putting that on, and we walked out in the woods, no real like plan, just kind of wandering around out there. And I was I saw this old kind of it's a hang on tree stand up in the tree, and it had like a wooden ladder, probably pretty sketchy. I don't know, but. <laughs> And I was like, hey, there's a tree stand up there. So my brother, he was like, well, I'm going to go up there. It was only one person stand. And he's like, you just find a spot, sit down here. So I found a little pine tree, nestled up against it. And he went up in the stand and he sat there. And I, everything got quiet. You know, it was an evening hunt. And I started hearing like little noises. And then the noises got bigger. And it was up on the ridge. And man, I was... I mean, I'd never sat in the woods at that point. And I was like, what is that? Could it be like a bear? (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, there's not even bears in the area. (laughs) But um, So I remember, like, I sat there, you know, just listening to it for a while. And then I was like, Mark, Mark, trying to get my brother's attention. And he was, he didn't answer for a while. And he's like, shut up (laughs) he's like there's deer right here so i I looked and there's like deer 30 yards away and he i they were of course looking they heard me try to call his name and so i i think he might have got drawn and shot and missed or something and then they spooked off and then they ended up coming back and he shot again and smoked the one he's just a button buck but yeah that was kind of like the first experience for me and then I think that was around that time when I was like nine years old that's when I really was like man I want to do this so bad (laughs) you know so you kind of caught it just by being with your brother that's pretty cool yeah yep and then my dad ended up my first deer my dad ended up taking me out on in youth season and with a lever action 3030 open sight and I ended up shooting one opening morning and i i don't know ever since then you know i just i just been hooked (laughs) a lot of bow hunting mostly i mean that's kind of what i grew up doing mostly because my mom didn't really she thought guns were unsafe so (laughs) so (laughs) So she she really wanted to do the bow bow yeah Oh, cool, man. I, I, uh, as I look through your Instagram, it seems like you've had a lot of cool experiences and a lot of neat adventures. Uh, as far as those go, any of those, uh, like early hunts as you're kind of coming to age and, and figuring it out, any of those kind of stand out to you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, the first day, I mean, that's kind of a good and a bad story. Um, like, the first, the very first day, I you know I bought a bow off eBay too, an old like I think I paid fifty five bucks for it. <laughs> I forget what, it was like a high country some eighties model or so. <laughs> I don't know. It was an old bow, and you know got shooting decent at twenty yards, and I was you know looking forward to the season, and and I had to at that point I think I was like maybe twelve or thirteen and. I had to hunt with, with like, somebody close by. I think you have to be 14 or something in Wisconsin to hunt on your own. So finally got my brother to take me, and he had a 
he had a doe tag and I had a buck tag because I had shot that doe the year before. At that point, Wisconsin had like an earn a buck system. So you had to shoot a doe before you get a buck tag. So he was going to shoot a doe if one came in and then I would get a chance at a buck. And it was literally the first day I ever like sat out bow hunting. And it was October, late October, the pre-rut was starting to kick in. And we had a really good property that we could hunt at that point. And probably didn't even really know it, but looking back, it was great. <laughs> and got up in the tree stand, and we heard this uh, grunt, and I was like, was that a buck? And my brother, you know, got out every grunt call and antlers and everything and hit them together. <laughs> and pretty soon, here comes this doe with a buck following her, and he came into 12 yards, and man, I just the adrenaline was insane. I mean, that was like the first experience seeing a buck in the woods, you know, and he did, did like a scrape at 12 yards and everything oh, yeah. was perfect. And I remember drawing back and I don't even remember really aiming. I, I remember like putting the pins on him and pulling the trigger and I ended up hitting him. Not good. It was like a gut shot. And it was a long night. We let him lay, but we never ended up finding him then. So mm. that was kind of a, I mean, it was exciting for me, but at the same time, it was really crushing for like 13 year old. Like, man, I just wounded that buck. But, mm. but ever since then, I think I kind of, you know, I've always felt like I'm kind of trying to redeem myself on that one. I think I'm over it now, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. nothing. It, the feeling, it's it just lets the wind out of you. It really does. I mean, because you just oh, know yeah. the second that you see it, and then you know it's um, it's one of those things I'd say most hunters deal with. You know, I, guys that have listened to this know this past season I I had uh, some bad shots, and you know there was guys that gave me crap for it on YouTube. But the reality is, it's just I, I'm I'm still kind of in that stage where I'm still growing as a hunter, and I just haven't had that many experiences where you have a buck like that and you got a buck standing there, the adrenaline, I don't care what people say. It's, it's different than a doe for me. Um, <laughs> that's a different, mm -hmm. that's a different level. And so when that happens, yeah, it definitely teaches you a lot about yourself and, and what you want to do next time a little bit differently. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I've had those experiences since then too. I mean, it gets, the more experience you have, the better it gets, but it's, it, it still happens to everybody every now and then and it's it's never fun yeah yeah i uh i there's i don't know if you plan to tell this story or not um but i do see that you were able to take a pretty nice buck with a revolver i'm just curious about i don't think i've ever had anybody on this podcast that's told a story about shooting one with a re revolver what's the story behind that uh basically um that wasn't even my uh revolver it was a 44 mag Blackhawk or something, I forget, but uh, yeah, I borrowed it from a friend who, well, I was going elk hunting in Montana, and I, I mean, it wasn't really bear country, but there was always that chance, so I had borrowed uh, this revolver from a friend, and for bear protection, and so it was after I came back, and I still had it, and I, it was rifle season, and at that point, I really wasn't doing a lot of rifle hunting, but I think I bought a rifle tag. I'm not sure what my plans were, but I was like, I think it was the second day of the season. And I was like, you know, what? I have that 
revolver and it's you know legal to use and everything and i was like i should just take that thing out and try to see if i can get it done with a revolver i thought it'd be cool and so i went back to the 40 acres behind the house and got up in the tree stand i mean it was a awesome day blue sky everything was just awesome and i mean it was picture perfect every heard a little bit of noise up behind the hill on the hill behind me and a little buck came running through and i think a doe maybe and i looked up and i saw antlers up there and i was like oh there's a buck up there and i just had time to get ready i was self-filming swing the camera over and he came running down the hill and 30 yards i think I shot him and I was, I knew I was a pretty good, I had shot the revolver enough to where I was, you know, confident out to like 30 yards that I could put it in the lungs and whatever. So I ended up shooting him and yeah, actually shot him through the heart. I think I got a little bit lucky on that one. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That video is on our channel. I think that's on, that's on the Shrock Outdoors YouTube channel there. Okay, cool. Yeah, Shrock Outdoors. So, guys, check that out. What's um? And you have another um. While we're at it, other Instagram, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So when we came up here, we ended up starting a different channel. Um, just kind of for the hunts up here and stuff. We call it a Destination Wild. Okay. And so all of our stuff up here in Alaska is on that Destination Wild, and then like kind of everything else has been on the Shrock Outdoors channel. Okay. Cool, man. Well, cool. So bring us through a little bit of, um, I mean, if you have other Wisconsin hunts or other hunts that you want to talk about, feel free. Uh, but I also want to jump into some Alaska. So just some of your favorite stories, uh, Stephanus, any others uh, kind of rise to the top for you? Um, as far as Alaska, I've, I mean, I've only been up here one fall so far, so I haven't got like a ton of stories on that, but uh we did do a caribou hunt up on what's uh it's a dalton highway and i'm not afraid to tell people this i think it's a great hunt where people really more people need to know about it um it's a very affordable way to do caribou hunting um but it's a the dalton highway goes up it was it's basically an oil field road along the alaska pipeline goes up to prudhoe bay up along the arctic ocean and you basically drive up to Fairbanks or fly into Fairbanks, whatever. And I mean, I've heard of people renting a U-Haul and I don't think most rental companies like car companies will rent vehicles to go up there because the road is pretty rough, but I think you can rent like a U-Haul and go up there and you basically hunt caribou off the road. But, uh, so we did that last year. It was a, I had kind of heard about it before we moved up here and that was kind of the one hunt that we were going to do like as well, we were non-residents. And so we kind of planned for that all summer and we, we live all the way down on the Kenai Peninsula. So that's kind of blew my mind when I started looking at it, but it was a 20 hour drive. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's insanely far up there. Alaska is huge, but it was a, I mean, one of the best trips of my life i mean it was just the scenery is amazing and I mean, we drove the whole way up there you go up through fairbanks and then hit the dalton highway or we call it the or most locals call it like the hall road um so 
basically drive up there and once you get over the mountains up like the brooks range up there i mean you start seeing caribou and i mean it's not like herds of caribou i mean i think i've heard stories where people have seen big herds of caribou up there but a lot of times it's going to be small groups and stuff and so that's kind of what we saw and i guess just going into the story um so the first night we camped uh just outside of fairbanks we drove up the dalton highway a little bit and found a campground and you know just chilling all excited you know for this hunt and I mean, set up camp and it was a clear sky and like we were sitting there around the campfire and it takes at that time of year, we went beginning of September, so still quite a bit of daylight. So I think it was like 1030 before it got dark and just sitting there, I look up at the sky and I'm like, is that the Northern Lights? And I had never seen them before. And sure enough i mean it's just amazing display of northern lights just lit up the sky and it was oh wow oh spectacular man i want to see them again that's the only time i've saw them since then and i want to see them again so bad mm-hmm. they're just it's spectacular and i have that on the we did a whole video of the caribou hunt and i got some shots of the northern lights and stuff it was it's pretty awesome but then from there we next day we basically drove the whole way i think it took most of the day to get up to where we could actually start seeing caribou and we got up there and i forget if it i don't think that day we actually saw any caribou maybe late that night i think we might have spotted two and we were pretty jacked up about that but the next morning we went back to where we saw those two and I don't think we saw them anymore. Of course, caribou moved like crazy. And so they had moved on, but we were driving along and saw a small group of bulls. And I mean, they were pretty close to the road. And so we were like, we quickly turned around and ran, went and drove over the rise and tried to get out of the truck. And, and this is a, just to clarify this, this is a, it's a bow hunt only on five miles, either side of the, the road. Or the okay. pipeline. I think they don't want holes in the pipeline, obviously. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's kind of so a, it's, a detriment yeah. to their their business, yeah. Yeah. So you gotta, if you want to use rifle, you have to hike past the five mile corridor they call it. So we were basically bow hunting off the road, and so we we went after these caribou, and I mean, we didn't see them for a while. You know, we were trying to get to where we thought they were and try to stay covered and stuff is there's no cover up there so you're basically using the terrain and stuff and so we got popped over the ridge and i mean they're like half a mile out there already (laughs) it's like whoa those things can cover ground fast i mean that was our first like realization like man i i thought i knew this but wow they can move and and the walking up there is it's horrible like the tundra is just, it looks flat, but there's like these like tussocks, I think they're called. If I might've said that wrong, but it's like this, just this mound of grass and sort of dirt, but it's like spongy. And then there's a lot of times there's water below them, the, mm. like in between all of them. Yeah. And 
you can never figure out if you want to step on top or in between them or I mean there's no good way to walk and it would just it wears you out like crazy I mean I know there's people that go up there and do the five mile hike in so they can rifle hunt but it would be a lot of work (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah so we basically stuck with the road we did have rifles just in case you know we decided we wanted to do the hike but okay so you can you have the option to do either one yeah yeah so the season is i mean they it's just open season there's no rifle or bow it's whatever you want to use so but you just have to hike that five miles per rifle but yeah so we drove basically that day we just kept driving up towards prudhoe bay and I mean, we'd see care. We did some stocks and whatever. And eventually we did see a small bull pretty close to the road. And he was just standing out there. It's kind of weird. I've, I've never really seen it. I've seen it on a few videos since. And it was pretty warm at that time of year. I don't know if that had something to do with it. I think a lot of times bugs have something to do with it, but there wasn't a lot of bugs. But they've just like, stand there with their head kind of in the tundra and i've heard that they do that to keep the bugs off like they just kind of stuff their face in the tundra but (laughs) it was almost like they're halfway sleeping but uh so we pulled off the side of the road and popped over the road and tried to stalk in on this caribou and he saw us pretty fast but he didn't really he wasn't like spooked too much as long as he you know he kept a distance between us so I stayed back kind of along the side of the road with the camera and my cousin Johnny, he just kind of stalked in on him. And I was like, ah, it's over because the caribou kept moving off. But he just kept at it, you know, just every time he'd look away, he'd take some steps. And I mean, it was funny in the video because it looks like he's just following this caribou all over the place. But eventually he you know he didn't want to let him get closer than you know 70 yards or so and finally he managed to get into i think it was 60 or something and we'd been practicing long shots all year and it was no wind or anything so he took that shot and he it ended up hitting just like a little bit of a i don't know if it's a piece of grass or what but it threw his arrow off and he ended up shooting it right through the throat, which is obviously a deadly shot. Although, I mean, it's not something you'd go for, but right, it went down uh, within like 30 yards. He was, he was down and dead. So wasn't oh, that's a, awesome. a big bull or anything, but I mean, we were kind of like, if we can shoot him with our bows, we're, we're not going to be too picky. Oh, he a... is amazing. So, wow. <laughs> That's cool, man. So your buddy gets one. And you guys have been planning for quite a while for this trip, so I bet you guys were excited about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We'd been planning all summer, so it was it was a great time for sure. Yeah. Awesome. And that's on your – is that on your uh, Destination Wild YouTube, right? Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, just, I think I just subscribed. Very cool, man. Well, that's exciting. So how did the rest of the trip go for you? Were you able to get an opportunity? Yeah, so I th- I think it was the next day. Things are kind of blurred together. But we ended up going up to Prudhoe Bay. We made it the whole way up there. And you kind of have to time your gas stops because <laughs> there's not a lot of gas stations, obviously. So 
we ended up going up to Prudhoe Bay. We pretty much had to to fuel up, and then we turned around, started heading back. And I was debating already trying to do the the five mile hike, and with you know just take the rifle, but and we were kind of thinking you know for the next day that's what we do, but we were heading back and we ended up spotting a a smaller bowl again. I mean it was nothing nothing huge, but uh, I mean, I probably thought it was bigger when I first saw it, being I never saw really a lot of caribou. But um, so we ended up, drove past it, and it was just bedded out there about maybe 500 yards off the road or so. And so we pulled off another stock on it, and we got, I don't know, it might have been uh, three, 400 yards away from it, and it might have been closer than that. And they ended up seeing us and stood up and he kind of did the same thing. Like he wasn't super like afraid or anything. And I just kept, and he stood there and he'd look away. And every time he'd look away, I'd just move in a little bit. I mean, there was no cover at all. So I didn't even try to like get hit. And I just basically stood up and just slowly moved towards him. And I got within 60, it was 65 yards and he turned broadside and, drew back and shot and I mean it was it was a great shot and everything everything worked out and went down within 30 yards again so that was and I was oh man I was so stoked if you would know like some of the backstory I've had some rough hunts as far as like out-of-state hunts like elk hunting and stuff um and this was I mean it was like everything just came together I've never had it so perfect and I was super stoked I mean it was nothing huge again but man I was so happy for it tell you yeah that. oh man that would be incredible I, I think there's probably not a hunter out there that doesn't dream about going and hunting you know someplace cool like Alaska I mean that'd just be a neat thing and there you are living there getting your first chance that's really cool yeah I wonder what it is about caribou in that um, you think they're just used to that road or are they just not as cautious as they should be? I, I'm just wondering <laughs> if that's a whitetail, you, you and I both know that's a different different story, but oh, it just seems like the caribou are a little less uh, flighty. I don't know. Yeah, I think they just don't have as much experience with humans. And I, those probably have more than a lot even. I mean, then a lot of different herds, you know, remote herds, because there's people up there hunting them some, and you would think they'd be a little bit more educated, and maybe some of the older bulls would be a little bit more, but, and we definitely had some stocks that were absolutely blown, and they just, they were, they'd see you, and they'd at least work their way off pretty fast. They didn't really ever spook like crazy, but Hmm. I don't know what it is. I think what's interesting to me is the the rifle rule. I think that's kind of a neat thing because you can use a rifle, which makes things easier, but then you've got to be willing to hike five miles. <laughs> or you can hunt them real close, but you got to use a bow and stock in, which is not an easy thing to do. So I think that is kind of a neat way that they set that up. And I, I would be pretty inclined to do what you did. I think I'd rather do a bow than try and hike. By the time I hike five miles, I'm going to be pretty spin, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree. I, it's a it's a great opportunity for bow hunters and stuff. And 
there's no ATVs allowed or anything. So I, I just think if they would be, you know, rifle, there's other places in Alaska where you can do a road hunt with rifle right off the road, whatever. But I mean, they get so crowded and I, it's just a, I, I like the way it's set up. It's a great opportunity for bow hunters. Oh, very cool. So any other, uh, so that, I mean, you've only been in Alaska, you know, almost a year. So that's kind of the main experience that you've had so far. Yeah, pretty much as far as, I mean, we've done a lot of fishing and stuff, but and we really haven't, you know, I'd like to say we've had some scary bear encounters or something, but <laughs> we haven't had any encounters like that. You good know. deal. Well, that's probably yeah, a good thing. <laughs> it's, it's good. It is good. I, and I don't want to talk too soon, but I've always said, you know, it'd be fun to like at least see one and I'm sure I'll probably have my opportunity, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Well, I, um, Stefan, so I, I, those are some awesome stories. I don't know if you had any more up your sleeve that you'd want to talk about anything else that stands out to you. I, I just like keeping it open and, uh, came across your page somehow on Instagram. So I thought I'd reach out, but, um, any other stories come to mind? We got a little bit of time left. Um, if not, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I think I will touch on, so I, I'm going to touch a little bit on my, uh, elk hunting that I've yeah, cool. because I think it's an encouragement to people that have maybe tried it and, you know, just kind of realize that if, you know, not to give up if they've maybe haven't been successful or whatever. Well, you're, um, you're, t- you're talking to one of those people right now. Okay. I'm, I'm over, <laughs> I'm over two on my elk trips. So go ahead. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, so, uh, me and another cousin of mine back in, I think it's 2016, we got the idea, you know, we wanted to go elk hunting. And he knew a guy who had an area, he lives out in Montana and he, you know, called him up and he kind of pointed us in the direction, you know, where to go, which is always nice. That can be like a big hurdle if you're new to elk hunting, trying to find a, a spot. And so he pointed us to, to a spot and, you know, we were total like noobs at this. So we kind of got ready. I borrowed some gear, bought a few things and headed out and it was you know it wasn't a like a backcountry backpack hunt or anything we pretty much camped at the truck but um so we went out there we took two weeks and we were like let's go do this and right away I and mean, we were into elk we knew that it was going to be you know this area was a it was a decent area but there was going to be a lot of people and especially in the one spot, there was a couple hundred acres. I actually might have been, I say a couple hundred acres, like, I guess I'm a Midwestern guy, but I think it's more like a square mile. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, so there's this kind of square mile in Montana has like this uh, block management, they call it, a uh, program where landowners can put their land in this program and open it up to the public. So we originally, you know, kind of went to that spot and I mean, there was always elk there. They, you know, spend the night down in the wheat fields or whatever, and then come up into the mountains to bed and we kind of catch them in between, but it was a lot of open country and we tried different stalks and stuff. Never really had a good opportunity. I mean, we, I had so many opportunities, but just never could quite get it done. And my cousin it seemed like because we'd alternate we were videoing and 
we just take turns every other day, you know, who's going to be the shooter or whatever. And it seemed like he was never really, it seemed like every day I was the one shooting. That was when the opportunities would be. So <laughs> it was a little bit not fair. But um, so we ended up going back. We were camped in a national forest area and we did like a hike one day just back into the national forest and we ended up finding this uh, wallow and it was really tore up and I was like man we should come sit this sometime and we just kind of I marked it on the GPS and just kind of moved on and it was like a week into our trip and we did a long trip you know tried to go overnight at six miles back in to the mountains and try to see if we can get into more elk that way, you know, more, we got kind of sick of chasing these ones around on the block management area. And so we hiked in there, spent the day, no elk and just really tired. I remember going back to camp and we were just kind of talking and just like, man, maybe this isn't for me. <laughs> like this is, this is tough. Like yeah, you work so hard and you get maybe an opportunity and you screw it up. And it's like, uh and so we were kind of down and whatever and then all of a sudden it popped in my head i was like that wallow why don't we just get out of here in the morning and just go sit that wallow tomorrow and so that's what we ended up doing and got out of there went to town got a good meal in us and headed back in in the afternoon and just went in and kind of found this area where we could try to get downwind it wasn't a great area because it was in a valley so the wind kind of swirled and but we kind of did the best we could I had some like cow and heat scent that I put out in front of us hoping that kind of worked as a cover scent if it swirled and set up this little ground blind or just brushed ourselves in basically 20 yards from the wallow and we're just sitting there sitting there and all of a sudden I hear something I look up and wham there's a little five by five and just coming into the wallow and I was like Dalton Dalton tried to I, had, I think I had to throw something at him just a little twig or something to get his attention because he was sitting like five feet away from me and he was like kind of sleeping and so and he was a shooter that day and the thing came in and wallowed around for a while I mean he was right there point blank range and ended up giving us a broadside shot and he smoked it put it right through the lungs and saw him fall down and man were we ever tore up like <laughs> i didn't i didn't shoot it but man i felt like i had shot it because we had worked together so hard to get this done and it was just the greatest feeling i mean going from the lowest of lows like this isn't for me maybe and to the highest of highs like man we got it done just like that mm -hmm. and yeah so and then i've gone back another year and i ended up just making it short um ended up missing a just what to me was a really nice six by six called it in and everything bugled it in and it was it was an amazing amazing experience to do that but i ended up missing the that opportunity and the reason i missed and this might sound like a story, but I tell you, it's 100% true. I had a drop away rest and it didn't drop. My, my release string or whatever was worn or stretched or something and it didn't trigger it. Mm -hmm. So my arrow 
just like slammed the rest and immediately I knew that it was a bad shot or it was a the arrow like fishtailed like crazy and went right under him thankfully it didn't hit him but it was a it was like that was a great experience anyway so I'm I'm still gone two times haven't killed one and, and we did get that one the first year but I want to go again so bad, but just right now it's not, you know, I'm doing other things up here. Hopefully, eventually I'll be able to get down there and do it again. But I think if guys haven't experienced what guys call the grind, you know, sometimes you call it the grind during the rut, you know, if you're hitting it hard for that amount of days and that's all you're doing, you just don't know what it's like. I can say from this past year, my first year I went was 2016 with a rifle. I just didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I was, I I didn't research. I was basically trying to elk hunt like whitetails. I mean, not covering any ground, didn't have a clue how to locate them. And it was like late October, so no bugle activity. And so I, I said, if I'm going to come back, I want to learn how to do it. And, and I'm going to come back with a bow. And so this year I went and the guys heard the story. I'm not going to recap, but same situation, called my way into a bull and I didn't get a shot at him. I had cows between us, but I, the, the it's a mint. It's not just a physical. People want to talk about, you got to get yourself into physical shape to go hunt these mountains and things, which is true. But you got to get your mind right. That's I think that to me is the hardest part is that you have to go in realizing that it might not be like you see on TV. <laughs> Hopefully it is, but it definitely wears on you and it is something that you've got to you got to decide do I want to put myself through pain and a lot of struggle and make make me make myself wonder is this for me for it to come together. And I believe I'm, I'm planning my next trip, hoping to go sometime here in two years, maybe, but I can't wait to go back. I'm, I'm ready to try it again. But cause to me, whenever it does come together one day, you know, even if it doesn't, the experience of this that I've had in the mountains, that to me is, is worth it. It's, it's not always the trophy. It's, it's the hunt and the experiences that you get. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's, the experiences I've had, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Even just the opportunities. Yeah. It sucks that I haven't been able to like actually connect and finish it, but it's, it's, it's just been a awesome experience going out there. And yeah, like I've heard it said, like it's type two fun. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Like where it's like, it's, it's a grind. It's miserable almost in the moment, but afterwards you look at it and you're like man that was fun i want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> no i haven't heard that that's really good type two fun that is that's yeah. it that's it well man what's on your plate for this year so being in alaska um any other tags you're hoping to to, to get or what's what's your plans for the fall uh yeah i've been i mean that's really what's going on right now just trying to figure everything out what i'm going to be able to do and stuff i've I drew a few tags. Um, so I drew a mountain goat tag and a, another, I drew a caribou tag and also a moose tag. So like, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to be able to do them all. I think right now it's looking like probably I'm going to try to do the mountain goat hunt and then uh, try to do the caribou hunt. The caribou hunts, it's not up on the hall road. It's another area where I can hike in or whatever and it's closer to home and stuff so i think i'm gonna try to do that on like a long weekend and then probably i'm gonna i think i'm probably gonna fly in for the mountain goat hunt but that's kind of the two things 
that I'm really planning for. Otherwise, I mean, I'm going to do some moose hunting and stuff just around, you know, different areas where I can hike in and try stuff like that. And then also, I mean, our black bear season goes pretty much year round. So going to try to get a black bear too. So you're, you're definitely not in Wisconsin anymore. (laughs) No, it's a different story up here. (laughs) Yep. Uh, that's awesome. Well, Stephanus, man, I appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing those stories. I, that's really cool. I mean, it's not every day you get to hear about whitetails, caribou, and elk all on the same podcast. So I appreciate you, you sharing that. I want to highlight again, you mentioned your your uh, YouTube, check out Shrock Outdoors or Destination Wild. And uh, I definitely will be checking out those videos and, and trying to keep up to date with what how things go for you this fall. Yeah, and we also have a Instagram account. Uh, it's just Shrock Outdoors on okay. Instagram or my personal account is Stephanie Schrock. I, I need to keep more stuff up to date and, you know, keep everything, post more content. I'm going to try to do better, kind of get busy, but yeah, we have some cool stuff on those. Oh yeah. We're the same way. Life happens and you're like, oh yeah, I haven't posted a picture in like two months. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, man, thank you for your time and thanks for coming on and sharing those stories. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Fantastic stories from Stephanus. I mean, those were really cool. I loved hearing about his caribou hunt, and uh, you guys know I love whitetail and elk hunting, and I love his analogy, what he said about type 2 fun. I guess I'd never heard that before, but it's the kind of fun that you don't really know it was fun until afterwards, and I have to say that I would definitely agree. I, I think some of my hunting experience is definitely my last elk trip um, I could relate. It was hard. Um, it was strenuous. The one day I walked 12 miles and uh, just hard hunting and frustrating. But whenever I look back on it, though, I smile because it was awesome. <laughs> I was hunting elk in the Rocky Mountains, and it, and I had some really cool encounters and, and really great experiences. And I have to say this, that I believe that Christianity is type 2 fun. Hang with me just for a second. Let me explain. I don't know if you're a Christian or not. If you're not, maybe you've had somebody try and convince you to become a Christian. And they may have told you things like, you know, it'll change your life and everything will be awesome and and it's just so great. And you don't have, maybe they told you that you'll not have any worries or any troubles. I, I don't know if anybody's given you that kind of a pitch before. Um, but I want to tell you that I, I don't know that that is true. Um... In fact, Jesus himself never sugarcoated what it's like to be a Christian. It is not easy most of the time. It is type 2 fun. Uh, let me illustrate. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Like, that's... <laughs> Jesus would have been a terrible salesman. That's not, that's not convincing anybody, right? Wow, that doesn't sound like any fun. Deny yourself. Choose not to do something that you want to do. Take up your cross. That, that literally means die to yourself. Uh, anybody that was being crucified had to put the crossbar, their own crossbar, on their own back and carry it out to the place where they, they would crucify you. So Jesus is saying, you've got to die to yourself and follow me um, if, if you want to be my disciple. I don't know if you've had anybody ever try and pitch that to you before. Um, Why would you do that? Well, because it's worth it. (laughs) 
I can tell you that um, it is hard being a Christian sometimes. Um, people look at you like you're just some crazy. First off, there's the perceptions, you know, in our culture that I'm just a Trump supporter or I'm just a right-wing conservative. There's all that political stuff that sometimes for some reason goes with Christianity. Uh, there's also the fact that you do need to deny yourself. You need to not be selfish. And, and I can be selfish. I had a conversation last night with my wife about I over-turkey hunted, without a doubt. I, I definitely left her at home with the kids um, way more than I should have, and I was a jerk. Um, I admit that, completely admit that. And, and I think that that's, that's the thing. Like I can admit that because I know I'm still striving to do what Jesus told me to do. But here's, here's the kicker. The reason it's type 2 fun is that I believe I can look back on my life and I can smile and say there was a point to it, there was a purpose to it. I was able to also, at the same time, be a blessing to others. I, because I was selfless, I was hopefully able to help people make a difference in their lives, make an impact, and not just worry about myself. I hope whenever it's all said and done that people, uh, that God, really, I don't care what people say, I hope that God says, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, he says that because I have uh, followed him, try to be like Jesus, and in the process, I've, I've helped people along the way. Uh, that's what it's all about for me, and it's something for you to consider. So, type 2 fun, something to think about. Guys, I really appreciate you uh, coming back for another episode of this podcast. I want to once again point you back to, I haven't done this in a while, but I want you guys, if you're not following or liking uh, Shedding Light Outdoors on Facebook, um, and also on Instagram, and also on YouTube, those are the three areas uh, that we kind of work in. I'd encourage you guys to subscribe, like, follow, whatever, uh, stalk. Um, <laughs> uh, do any of those things to check out what we got going on. We're posting pictures on Instagram and some cool things here and there. And, um, yeah, that's what we got going. Also, um, if you'd like to uh, be on the show, if you have a story that you would like to tell, um, go ahead and send me an email at sheddinglightod at gmail.com. One other thing, if there's anybody that I could ever just pray for any of you, uh, if I could pray for you, or if there's anything going on where you just need uh, somebody to talk to, that email exists uh, for those purposes too. So if there's anything that I can do, you feel like I might be able to help you with, um, or you might be able to help me with, man, I'd love to hear any of those comments. Guys, thanks so much for coming back for another week. I hope that you have an awesome week ahead, and remember to shed the light.